0: Hey, hey, y'all, it's Kelly Wolf, your humble host of the Flow podcast, Finding Love Over Worry. I am very aware that it has been a hot second since I have posted a podcast, and I don't want to lie and say I will continue to get them out weekly because who really knows, but when I do get one out, I do it with deep intention and what I believe is to be of great service. Which brings me to today. I am recording this on New Year's Eve 2020. And there are a couple things that have perked my interest in terms of how we're going to move into the next year with some flow going on. And one of them is an idea that 2020 is going to go away. And all of our problems will be solved and everything will magically become back to 2019. (laughs) So I'm sure most of you in my very high-level audience have already considered that this is absolutely beyond uh, a lie. Not only will things not revert back, they shouldn't revert back. We want to continue staying in forward motion even when things are hard and challenging, but also because of the nature of what is to come in the few months ahead or possibly more than a few months ahead, I think it's important we all remember that this is not the time to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I personally am checking in on my um, energy and my excitement to bust out because i we are still in the marathon, it is not over, and potentially, when there's technically an over to this marathon it 's hard to say what comes right after that. You know, I bet there are people that have run an actual marathon and then broke their leg the next day or maybe broke their leg as they were going through the finish line. This sounds really like a massive downer as i 'm saying, it, but the but the bottom line the underneath of this conversation is that when you have uh, learned flow or any method like flow or any thought mindset shift, it doesn't matter as much what's happening because you've gotten a handle on how you perceive things and how you flow through things. And that really is the essence and the importance of this because we're always going to have challenges. That is an inevitable um, byproduct of life. And if we take each challenge, be it big or small, and let it be something that derails us entirely every single time, I think we'll be very, very dismayed and find ourselves waking up someday and thinking, holy crap, all I have done for the foreseeable past is wait, just waiting for something to be quote unquote over versus truly finding a way to live even when things are hard. And I will say The other thing I wanted to talk to you about about today was something that when I sat down to reflect on this year, um, I will honestly say that, and and I lost uh, a few people, um, people that I cared deeply about, uh, some to COVID and some for life, Uh, some really hard things happened this year, really hard things. So I don't say this lightly the overriding vibration for me of 2020 was one of great joy. And um, lots of beautiful things came out for me in 2020. I would say this is one of the better years that I have lived, but I actually think it's because of the many years of work that have gone into me shifting my mindset and working on myself, because these things or these moments are not nearly as upsetting as they may have been um, in years past for me. So I feel like that's really hopeful and I hope that you hear that as a hopeful uh, possibility for everybody and not just a, oh God, here she goes again, Um, because really it's, it's work, you know, I mean, it is work. And let me tell you, when you read my book, you will fully comprehend the work (laughs) that I have done on myself And I think I was born a seeker, but I also was born a wild, wild cowgirl. (laughs) So I've got a lot of um, moments in my life that um, have been ebbs and flows. That's all I'm going to say about that. So upon my reflection of 2020, I sat down and really considered what were the things that made the biggest impact on my life that happened in 2020 And I'm not really talking about exterior things. I'm not talking about loss or grief or even moving for that matter. I was talking more about things that I did, adjustments that I made, consciousness that I had around my life and my behavior that had an impact on my life as a whole. And that is where the number one thing that came back when I asked that question was waking up early. Now, I know it seems like low-hanging fruit, super simplistic, right? But I'm a person who definitely did not have a pattern of waking up early and going to bed early pretty much most of my life. I think I begrudgingly got up early once I had children because, of course, that they needed to be fed and you weren't always deciding and when I had dogs and things like that. But I wasn't just somebody who naturally loved hopping out of bed before the sun came up. And early on when 2020 began and we were asked to lock down and school closed, this was back in March, I realized pretty quickly that the only time that I would have to myself, the only time that I would have to myself was those couple of hours in the morning before the house were to wake up. So it was sort of because of that, but also because I had, had been consistently curious about it. There's a lot of, you can go look at a gazillion books about this. Um, one of the books that sort of tipped me over the edge was a book called the 5am club. Um, and because I read self-help books, mine's not a self-help book guys. Ha ha. Spoiler alert. It's um, a memoir except it has self-help embedded all throughout and It might have some other things embedded all throughout. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Um, Some surprises for you guys and just some fun things. But it's not straight up self-help. You have to kind of read the stories. But a lot of self-help for me, I tend to be able to get the point. I don't always read every single word from beginning to end. Sometimes I listen to them um, on Audible. And so I can't say that I've read that book from beginning to end but I got the gist of it and I listened to multiple interviews with the author I think his name is Robin Sharma and it's called The 5am Club but essentially what I understood and what I started to uh, play with was what he talks about is they've done a lot a lot a lot of looking into this and sort of discovered that some of the most um, prolific thinkers, um, you know, writers, entrepreneurs, creatives, etc. are early risers. That's not always true. Now, I just want to give one little caveat to this conversation. If you are that person who thrives at night, who is able to sleep in, who is able to get their enough sleep and does your best work at night, then by all means, please just ignore this conversation because I'm really not talking to you. I am talking to the people who consistently feel like there are not enough hours in the day, who consistently feel like they aren't able to uh, put any effort or energy into their creative dreams and outlets, or even taking away that sort of entrepreneurial piece of it, people who just feel anxious, unsettled, um, you know, their to-do list outdoes them every day of the week. That's who I'm talking to. This is your... This is your exit door for a lot of those things. You don't have to have, um, you know, plans to be the next Apple creator, but what you can do is have plans to be a great partner, mother, friend, neighbor, human all around, and I do believe that this one thing can have an impact as great as that to really shift your life in ways that you don't even think are possible. So... I started by kind of having to, which, you know, I think that's probably true for a lot of people and a lot of things. I wish it wasn't always the case, but I think that's sometimes the case that we have an injury and that forces us to remember our health. You know, we get sick and then we remember our health or we, um, you know, put on some extra pounds and we start eating better. You know, something kind of has to be negative to be positive. And I'd say in this case, there was definitely that push after um, the kids were out of school that got me to do this. But then, then I became addicted to it, I guess. I mean, it's something that I definitely don't do all the time. So let's talk about that for a minute. When we're setting intentions around things, and so one of my intentions for this year or for this coming year, 2021, is to maintain my uh, early bed and early rise. That's it. But I sort of set it as, I said, I think what I actually wrote was, continue to value the time for sleep and rising early. So we'll talk about intentions another time and how you want to word them and get them into your bones. They're not goals. It's different and it's different vibrationally. Um, Maybe I'll do a whole podcast on that to explain it better. But in this case, that's my intention for 2021. And it's really one of the only ones. There's a couple other little ones, but that's a really big one because that does a lot of things for me. Um, I'm definitely a better parent. I'm definitely a better partner. I, um, am absolutely better at my work. You name it. It just across the board, it has, it has global impact on pretty much everything that I do. So for me, being able to do that has to start with some healthy parameters. And this is where you might want to consider doing this. And this is where you maybe want to start with it. What I did in the beginning was I gave myself, could could I do this three days a week? Could I commit to doing it three days a week? Instead of, okay, here we go. I'm going to do a giant life shift and I'm just going to do it all starting tomorrow. You know, I think we've all sort of learned that that typically doesn't work. And what typically does work is the things called tiny habits. Um, You've heard me talk about this a lot. There is a great book um, called Tiny Habits. There's another book called Atomic Habits. There's probably a thousand books called Habit Habits. Just, you know, you can find endless amounts of information about this. But the, the key is that you do something small and doable to start shifting the habit. And then it just starts to slowly lock in. So in this case, it was, could I commit to three days a week? And then what has to happen? Here is the big thing. The thing that has to happen is you have to go to bed earlier. Why? Because sleep is everything. Sleep is as important as water and food and shelter and all of that. And we do not get enough of it. That is for sure. But also, it's just crucial. It's crucial to our health to our immune system, to our sex life, to our, um, emotional life, everything. So sleep's crucial. And I am a sleeper. So I need, you know, I'm an eight to nine hour, maybe even 10. If you, if everybody left me alone. Um, so that kind of meant go to bed at nine to get up at five or maybe even 830, but let's call it nine. And I'm, I, this is funny. I kind of made up a song in my head guys, I cannot sing. And no, I don't feel bad about saying that. I actually can't. I think I got told that I was tone deaf once. So maybe that's true. Maybe that's not, but um, call me if you feel like you can adjust this, but I don't really, I've embraced it. And I just like to embarrass my kids with my singing. So I'm going to like sing, speak this, but I changed from that song, you know, Dolly Parton's nine to five from sleeping nine to five. What a way to make a difference. I'm not just getting by. I am giving and not taking. (laughs) Okay. So that's about as much singing as I will do, but you get my point. So I would sing that to myself a little bit here and there as my reminder of going to bed at nine. So nine to five, that was the key. That was the hope. That was the jam. I have young kids who you know, hopefully this is the goal always is they're in their bed by eight 30 and falling asleep by nine. But what I do is I go ahead and get ready for bed while they're getting ready for bed. So I do all the same things. I put on my pajamas, I brush my teeth, I turn down my, my sheets, you know, go to the bathroom, anything that you would do prior to going to bed. I do it before I put them to bed so that in that entire phase of kind of coming down and reading books and, getting mellow. And sometimes I sit with them in the bed or lay with them in the bed that I just move myself from A to B. Now, at prior to putting them to bed, I've already put my phone away. Phones are the worst in terms of your temptation, because as soon as that light is in your eyes, you, it now has triggered an awake state and it can be really hard to get out of it. So again, this isn't about shame because the point is it's about slowly breaking the habits. I had to take the TV out of the bedroom. Um, I put, we have a, this might be a bit aggressive, whatever you want to say about it, I don't care. Um, We have a safe where we put all of the iPads, phones, any any technology. And I really do that at the end of the day for a lot of reasons. I mean, I trust my kids completely and they're pretty little still, so it doesn't really matter. But it's just a way of like, it's a way, it's gone. You can't have it. You don't know the code. You let go. And it really works for our family. And it's a super cheap safe because it's not something I'm worried about people stealing it. It's just um, more of a gesture in our family. And they actually have an, it has like an opening in the back so you can put the plugs in the back. So just a side note for you guys, if you care to do that, we do that. I put my phone away. So then I'm going to put the kids to bed. And by the time they're sort of drifting off to sleep, I go straight to bed. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It is time for bed. So that's kind of been my method to get myself to go to sleep by nine o'clock because in the past, I would have really used that time for all kinds of things. But what you're kind of doing is you're trading what you maybe would have done in the evening um, after your kids went to bed for now you're going to do those things in the morning. So, okay. Once you've kind of gotten in the habit of that, and my suggestion might be, Don't even try to get up at five when you're trying to go to bed early first. Just do that first and commit to, like I said, I had three nights a week. You could commit to one, two, three, whatever you felt was doable and that you could succeed at because really it's about when we start to fall off the wagon, we just kind of go screw it and we let it all go. So try to start with something that you think is is possible for you and your life and your lifestyle. And of course, like, obviously it hasn't been a big deal during COVID because there's not been any um, socializing, but in my uh, prior to 2020 world, I would socialize a lot. So that's one thing you want to kind of map out for yourself. If you plan on having a dinner on Friday night with friends, maybe you leave Thursday, Friday, to have you stay up a little bit later and sleep in a little bit more. Um, little side note that I'm just kind of learning and I'm not good at it yet, but I'm. it's on my habits list is to nap sometime during the day. I'm not good at napping, but when I do it, I feel incredible. I mean, incredible. And those are the things that as you do something enough times and you you put the pieces together and realize what an impact they're having that's when you really get it and and everything clicks. So the nap part I'm getting. So now it's just having for me to sit down and strategize when that can happen in the day. And then because of my life and my work, I'm going to have to schedule it. I won't be able to just be random about it. And that's okay. I think even if you didn't fall asleep for your nap, but you just sat down, closed your eyes, you know, got quiet, we probably have a a similar um, effect. So now we've attempted the going to bed part. Now it's the waking up side. So 5am will come and it's dark outside and there's nothing happening. So at first it's hard. It's like anything, you know, I am not a person who's done a lot of um, diets and things like that, like the whole 30. But what I've heard from friends is as soon as they, when they start, it's just hell on earth for like the first four to five days and then it then they call it i think the tiger blood section when it kicks in and they feel incredible so that will happen you'll wake up at 5 feel groggy and icky but if you have no expectation of what needs to happen at that time then it doesn't really matter for the first week of doing this or time frame of doing this maybe your expectation is to get up and go into another room but sit down you know just don't try to do anything just kind of do it as a really A pattern to tell your brain that you're going to start waking up at five, but not like wake up at five and now we're going to do all the things that you do, (laughs) you know, in the five a.m. club or or however you're doing it. So just slow, slow and steady is really the key. It is the key to pretty much changing any habit you want to change um, or anything new you want to add. So five a.m. after you've established your pattern and it's feeling comfortable and you don't feel like you know you want to murder somebody then you start adding these these elements in again revisit the 5 a.m club to get this in more clarity if you'd like to but there's sort of three components that happen between say five and six and they are contemplative time writing um, and a form of exercise I think he breaks it down into three 20 minutes sections. Uh, I do a different variation on that, but it's something like that. So, uh, what he says is to move your body for the first 20 minutes, because that's going to wake up your brain and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to be your workout for the day. Maybe some people make that their workout for the day. That's not how I do it. Um, I go spend about 20 minutes, maybe even less, possibly on my, I have a Pilates reformer, maybe, uh, on the, on a bike, or I just even let my dogs out and go down the road and back again. So something like that, it's small. Mine's super small because as if you guys know me at all, um, I hike every single day and I do that later in the morning. So I don't really want to add it at that time. Okay. But I do a little bit of something to, to wake my brain up 20 minutes of contemplative time. So that could be listening to something motivating. That could be watching something motivating. That could be, although let's circle back on that watching thing. Um, that could be reading a book. I think that's the preferred thing. And uh, here's what I feel about though, looking at something. Okay, this is, I'm going to steal something from my friend Libby. She said on one of her calls the other day, she's doing these really great, um, she calls them Love X Global calls that she's doing. You can see them on her website, libbymore.com and sign up for them if you'd like. But I tuned into one a couple weeks ago and I don't even think this was the point of the conversation, but it just struck such a chord with me where she made a comment about her morning routine. And she said, if you look at your phone, if you look at your phone in the way of looking at emails, text messages, messages in general, then you're starting your day with a problem. And I thought that is so wise because it could be a good problem. You know, it could be somebody reaching out to say, hey, we want you to do a TEDx talk. And that's a great thing. Except that in that moment, you're like, oh, you're starting to get to do all the, the processes of what you're going to have to do to in order to accomplish that goal. So it's a problem. It could be a good problem or it could be a bad problem. You know, you could see a message that somebody's like, you're a giant a-hole or your car got towed or what? Well, I don't know. But either way, you're starting with a problem and then whatever that problem is that you're starting your day with, you tend to set the tone of the day with whatever that thing was that you first watched. How do I know this? I got into a pattern of listening to a podcast when I would wake up early in the morning that was, it's a podcast, it's great by the way, but it's still news related. It's called The Daily and it's like 20 to 30 minutes of kind of, The top news of the day, oh guys, what I'll say about that is I think it is important to be informed. Definitely not saying don't do that. I think you have to know how, if it's making you crazy or if it's, if it's, if it's shifting your energy into a really negative place. Um, But I appreciated being informed. But what I realized was, is I was starting my day with whatever that was. And I was kind of owning that type of energy for the rest of my day and it's really fascinating. So so notice how you begin and what you begin with. So pick something that will be invigorating to you, um maybe something that is self-growth. It could be prayer, it could be meditation, it could be even a book that you a novel that you are reading. Um but something that elevates your energy field and doesn't deplete your energy field because we really want to set the stage. So now that those few things have happened, let's say we're right around six o'clock. okay, you guys know how I feel about munch, move and meditate. so for me, um I think this is everybody's different. I need to eat pretty much like within fifteen minutes of waking, twenty minutes of waking um so I will do that that that's part of my five to six routine is making sure I get something to eat and doing some kind of you know prayer, meditation, possibly intaking some kind of positive thing, and then moving my body a little bit, but that's not the big one. Now we're only at 6 a.m., you guys. We're only at 6 a.m. The sun hasn't even come up, at least where I am. And wow. Okay, so this is where, this is the money shot right here. Between 6 a.m. and let's even say 7.30, but that's actually early, My, my house wakes up even later than that unless, well, when schools happen. So let's go with 730. Let's go with uh, even 715. Or we could go with seven and get crazy. Um, but if there is a full-blown hour where absolutely nothing is happening, I haven't checked emails and I won't, I haven't checked texts and I won't, all these things, what can happen in that hour? Now, what we all forget is what can happen when we have focused consciousness, and a clear palette. It is so powerful. For me, that is when I'm writing. I am not distracted. I am not exhausted. I am fully in my body and present. And what's able to come out at that time is pretty freaking remarkable. So whatever it is, whatever is happening, I think for some people, when I say no emails, that's because I'm trying to write and trying to write for me would be disrupted entirely if I got into that that area but if you did have something you were trying to finish maybe you are getting more on social media um there are some days that are not my writing days that I spend that hour creating a post or answering messages or doing something that is social media driven i might come up with a podcast idea so That hour is just creative. It's creative with whatever you want to do. Maybe you're prepping food because you love to cook, but you never have time during the day. And so you're prepping and that's going to lead to what you can make for dinner. Or maybe you're writing letters. Maybe you just spend that hour finishing that novel that you didn't have time to finish. Hell, maybe you clean your house. I don't know. I'm not here to choose it for you. It's just this hour without distraction, without anybody else's stuff. And I think what's fascinating about that time is often the world hasn't even woken up. I mean, I am on the West coast. And so clearly the world has woken up in this, in the U S but my neighborhood still is quiet. The The lights are off. The sun is not up. So there there's just, it's, it's energy. You're not quite yet absorbing the energy of the world, and it's really powerful. And I can tell you right around seven o'clock, boom, boom, boom. Other lights in the neighborhood, cars are starting. You know, you can, the world is sort of waking up and then just by our sheer human nature, we're, we're gonna start engaging in that and hearing it and seeing it. So there's a really magical, creative space that's right in there. And if you were somebody who needed even, you know, sort of extra time and you have a similar thing, like I do, where you're gonna have, things that need your attention right around seven, you could lessen those three things between five and six. You could make them 10 minutes instead of 20 minutes each and give yourself more writing time, creative time, work time, whatever. So you get my point. But when I thought about what was the most impactful or or when I feel the best. Now, like I said, it doesn't always happen, but here's what I can do. I can pretty much track days that I feel in massive flow and days that I feel a little off. I'm going to say 90% of the time, I can track it back to that. Whether or not I woke up early slash got enough sleep prior. So that's something. And when I really took in that awareness I now can't look away. I always say one thing I think is so fascinating about us as humans is why do we resist? You know, we all do this. Everybody does this. We, we, we love denial. We, lo- we love resistance and seeing things for what they are because once we see something, at that point, we now know that we are making a choice for the negatives. We're choosing to feel crappy when we know that the answer is over here, right? Right. And that's tough. It's tough for all of us, depending on what it is. It's, you know, one of mine is like sugar. I, I, that'll come maybe in 2022. (laughs) Who knows? I can't put too much on the list, but sugar is like like Mount Kilimanjaro for me. I, that's gonna be the big dog because that is my, my frontier. It's one of my final frontiers, hopefully. Um, But yeah, so I think if I really took on, The truth about something and said every time I do this this is the result I'd have to really recognize the choice that I'm making so in this case I see the difference I see it very deeply I see it very profoundly and I can choose to take care of myself and those I love by by making this choice like I said the world is flexible y'all or at least I am it's my southern roots, we can't be too rigid, but it's choose how you want to do it. It might fall into a place where you do it seven days a week because that's just how you roll. It might be three, it might be two, heck, it might even be one. I don't know. But just begin, see how it feels, see what it does for you. And I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear about your journey with it. So happy new year, everyone. And if you're listening to this on the actual new year, I posted about this also, but my personal thing to do whenever a new year comes, and it's I've been this way always, it has nothing to do with the last year. Um, I don't set resolutions, but I set intentions because the intentions don't have a shame connector to them. It's just something that we want to feel more of. What do you want to feel more of what do you want to focus more on, what is bringing joy into your life. And for me, this was one of the things that I really want to focus on because of the incredible impact it has on my life as a whole. All right, friends, flow friends, let's roll into 2021 with our eyes wide open, our hearts wide open, our feet in motion, and be ready to flow. I am also setting the intention to do more flow podcasts at a more predictable pace in 2021. So if you like this podcast, there are a few things that you can do that really help I had no idea, but I am definitely learning about how much an impact they make is to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really has a profound impact on how it gets triaged to people. Also, for those of you who are on social, just screenshot this and shoot it out to your friends so they can... Uh, take a look at it everything is free as of right now I'm not doing ads I have no sponsors I just do this out of the goodness of my heart for right now so uh, if you would to do me a solid also um, please rate review and subscribe and tell your friends about it thank you guys I appreciate your support